0: with you has everything to do with all of us. This being mission Sunday, good to talk about the marks of a missionary. Uh, a missionary is one who spreads the gospel of Jesus either at home or abroad. then did you hear what I just said at home or abroad. now abroad would be in another country. but at home you know you can be a missionary right here at home. Did you get what I was saying to the Lord there a while ago? How much darkness is right around us? How many people are lost right around us? Yes or no? Do you realize that? Absolutely. No question about it. And uh, we need to realize that. That we could be missionaries right here where we're we're at. Right here in Fenton. And... uh, it's interesting, in 2 Corinthians 11, now let's go ahead and put that up. Verse 23, Paul is speaking, and uh, he's the probably the leading missionary that's ever lived, probably right at the head of the list. If he's not at the top, he's awful close. And he says in verse 23, 2 Corinthians 11, 23, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, and then he... he He was talking about other preachers, and then he he mentions himself. He He says, are they ministers of Christ? But he says, I am more, in labors more abundant. Notice this, in stripes above measure. We're talking about the marks of a missionary. Paul got beat up a lot. He got beat up a lot because of his testimony of Jesus. In stripes above measure. Now, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. Think about that. We know for one time for sure where they pulled him out outside the town and stoned him and left him for dead. But he may well have died on other occasions and they brought him back to life or Jesus rose him back up. Interesting, isn't it? Then notice here from verse 24, we're talking about the marks of a missionary. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Now, these are not candy stripes. (laughs) These were beatings. And I did the math on that. You know how many times that is? Five times 40 stripes minus one. So 39 each time, 39 times five. How many is that? 100 and, oh, you're going to have to go to my math class. Hmm? 195. Think about getting me. Now, I don't know. I wouldn't want to have somebody hit me with a whip once, would you? Well, he got 195 of them, didn't he? And then, it says three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, you need to think about this, and stoned doesn't mean drunk there. He was, they, they stoned him, that outside Lister there, wherever it was, and left him for dead. If the Apostle Paul were to come in here, if he was in his flesh body, and he came in here right now and took off his shirt, you you, you know what all of us would do? We Listen, they, we'd go, <gasps> you know why? Because his body was covered with scars from those beatings he took for being a, a missionary, being a, a disciple of Christ. He had marks on his body, didn't he? And that's why I title this The Marks of a Missionary. Look at this, Galatians 6.17. Paul writes this, and he says, Galatians 6.17, he says, From now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my... Now, watch this. I bear in my body, what? The... Marks of the Lord Jesus. What was he talking about? He was talking about those, those stripes, those beatings. He bore in his body, he said it himself, the marks of the Lord Jesus. Those beatings, those scars, he bore those in his body. Now the Apostle Paul, as I said, was perhaps the leading missionary of all time. He bore in his physical body marks from being beaten for Christ... And so these would be the marks of a disciple of Jesus, the marks of a missionary. Now listen to this. There is a vast difference between being a believer in Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus. Most people don't realize this. There's a vast difference between being a believer and a disciple. Most Christians I have met, this is not to run anybody down, But most Christians I have met here in the United States over the many, many years, they are believers in Jesus. And that's what makes everyone a Christian, being a believer. I mean, not in your head, but in your heart. Most Christians, they're believers. They believe on the Lord Jesus. That's what makes them a Christian in the first place. But very few of those Christians are disciples of Jesus. See, you can be a believer but not be a disciple. Disciple means disciplined one. When you believe on Jesus, you're you're going to heaven right there. You have eternal life. You're going to heaven. But so many Christians stop right there. They never really bear, bear any of the marks of a disciple. Did you understand that? Being a believer in Jesus, that's wonderful. You become a Christian. You're going to miss hell. You're going to make heaven. That's wonderful. But so few Christians ever really become disciples or missionaries. And, and something else I want to tell you is that every Christian that I've ever met that was actually a disciple of Jesus. A disciplined one. Every last one of them I've ever met. That's a that's a disciple. Is also a missionary. Because you can't really be a disciple of the Lord Jesus. And not be a missionary. And when I say missionary. I'm not talking about just going to Africa. I'm talking about. Could you be a missionary right here in the United States. Right here in Fenton. Absolutely. We've talked about that already today. So let me ask you this. Is there a difference between being a Christian and being a disciple? Yes or no? It's a big difference. To become a Christian, to miss hell and make heaven, you just believe on the Lord Jesus and receive him as your Savior, you're a Christian. But so few Christians ever really become disciples, disciplined ones, very few. And once you are a disciple, though, I've watched this for years, you automatically become a missionary. Because if you're really a disciple of the Lord Jesus, you're going to have souls on your mind. Everywhere you go, everywhere the Apostle Paul went, he had souls on his mind. You show me a disciple of Jesus, and I'll show you a missionary. Okay, you okay? You getting this or not? Now, we, especially here in the United States, and, and I had a friend of mine who uh, has traveled abroad. You know, when I say abroad, he's traveled abroad. I talked to him just this last week. Goes to different countries and ministers Jesus in different countries. It and, and shares. He's a teacher of the of the word, and and, and he said this really sobering statement as i asked him i said when you get outside the united states and this is a very solid man and he said i said when you get outside the united states do you notice a difference in 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 how people receive the lord and and, and so on and so forth he said absolutely he said absolutely he said terry he said by and large he said by and large he said, Christianity, in, listen to this, he said, Christianity in the United States is 100 miles wide by one inch deep. You get that? 100 miles wide, but one inch deep. In other words, there's not a whole lot, most Christians, there's not a whole lot of commitment that most Christians have real easy to be a Christian in the United States that's what he said did you get that 100 miles wide by what one inch deep I want to be deeper than an inch how about you yes or no Yeah. I know a water line you put a water line in the ground if you just put it in an inch down it's going to freeze up probably isn't it you got to go a little deeper than an inch, don't you? I don't want to be a shallow Christian, do you? But we here in the United States, we typically don't have to bear the physical marks like the Apostle Paul. Has anyone gone seen that movie recently, Paul, an Apostle of Christ? Is it? Boy, if you could go see, see a movie, I'd recommend that one. Now, it's not going to hold you on the edge of your seat, but I tell you what, you see Christianity, and in, 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 it, it, when it was over, I'm sitting there crying. Diane will tell you, I'm crying. It, it, it cost something to be a Christian back in the early days of the church. It cost you your life. You understand that? Did you know that in the in the atmosphere of Rome when Paul wrote, you know, how important it is to say Jesus is Lord? Back there then, you had to say Caesar was Lord. And if you didn't say that or if you said somebody else was Lord, you'd almost have to put your head on the chopping block. Do you understand that? Yes or No. To say Jesus is Lord back there then was a death sentence. In the United States, you could say that all day long. and You know, somebody might spit at you or cuss at you and go on, but that's about the end of it, right? I'm not preaching this to make us feel bad. I'm just preaching this to say that we want to be deeper than an inch, don't we? So here in the United States... I don't see very many people, if any, there may be some, but hardly any that I know of. I've never been beaten for my faith in Christ. Have you? I don't have any physical marks on my body because I was beat up for Jesus. But there's other marks that we can bear in our bodies or in our lives that show that we're disciples or missionaries. And so I have five of them here. I think, I think there's five of them. I want to go through them very quickly. See if you have any of these marks about you, about your life. I'm not talking about physical marks like Paul had. But see if you have any of these. Number one, John eight thirty one. 31. See, see how many, if any, maybe you have all of them. Maybe you have a few of them. Let's just see. How many of these marks do we have in our lives that signify that we're disciples or missionaries of the Lord Jesus? Number one. John 8.31, Jesus said to those who, help me out now, those who what? Who what? Who believed in him. So these are people that are saved. Remember, there's a difference between being a believer and being a disciple. And here's the proof for it. He said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Let's read that in the King James Version. We're going to pop that up. Then said, Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you what? Continue. Continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. How many people believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but they don't continue in the word of God? Are you, do you continue in the word of God? I want to say this, if the only word of God you get is on Sunday morning, I mean, thank God for that, but if the only word you get during the week is what you get from me, you're in bad shape, guys. You got to stay in this word on a daily basis, right? Doesn't mean you got to study it, you know, 17 hours a day, but you got to get more word in you than just on Sunday morning, is that right? Right? And then notice in the Amplified Version, so Jesus said to those Jews who had believed in him, just the same scripture in some different versions here, he said, if you abide in my word, notice what that means, hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance with them, you are truly my disciples. See, there's a big difference between being a believer and a disciple. I mean, you have to be a believer to be a disciple, but so many people stop it, they believe, and then that's the end of it. But you believe, and then you have to to be a disciple, to be a missionary, to have this mark on you, you have to abide in his word, hold fast his teachings, and live in accordance with them, and then you are truly my disciple. And again, show me a disciple, and I'll show you a missionary. And it's interesting, Paul, he had those physical marks on his body, but listen here. Did Paul continue in the word? Yeah, he wrote nearly what? Almost two-thirds of the New Testament. So not only did he have the physical marks, but he continued in the word of God. Notice Matthew 28, verse 19. Another scripture about this. Notice here, Matthew 28, 19. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So it's interesting as we go out and share the gospel with people, it's not really enough to just get somebody saved. That's wonderful, but we're supposed to stay with them as best we can. And that's why it's important when you get somebody saved, try to get them into a church somewhere where we can make disciples of them. You see, there's a difference between being a believer and a disciple. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then notice verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And I'm with you always even to the end of the age. So so you see a disciple is somebody who disciplines themselves. Disciple means discipline one. And they stay in the word of God and they live according to it. So that's, that's one mark. Let me ask you, do you have that mark about you? Number two. Let's go to Luke 14, 27. Let's see if you have this mark in your life. Jesus said, "And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me, cannot what be my disciple." Now you say, "What did a world? What 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 does that mean? Bear his cross." The cross was for the crucifying of the flesh, and what Jesus was really saying that if you want to be his disciple, and again, show me a disciple, and I'll show you a missionary. If you really want to be his disciple. You're going to have to bear your cross. You're going to have to crucify your flesh. Notice 1 Corinthians 9, 27. The Apostle Paul, he had those physical marks in his body, all right, but he also did this one here, this second one here. You live a disciplined life. Notice what the Apostle Paul said he did. He said, I do what? I Discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I preach to others I myself should be disqualified. In other words, what he was saying there is he was he didn't want to be a hypocrite. He didn't want to preach something to people, he didn't want to preach the gospel to people, and then turn right around and 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 commit sin and, and do all sorts of things that he shouldn't be doing. And so what he said here is that in order to not be a hypocrite have you ever seen a believer that's a hypocrite? Yes or no? Yes. Multitudes of them. Multitudes of them. They believe on the Lord Jesus all right, but they they act one way at church and, they, and they, they believe on the Lord all right. They're saved, but they act one way at church and they act a different way at home. That's a believer, but that's not a disciple. How many of you know a disciple is gonna act the same way at church As they do at Walmart or in the shower or in the car. Is that right? Because they're disciplined. And like I've said for years. It's easy to live a disciplined life for two hours on Sunday morning in front of people. It's another thing to do it when nobody's looking. Or when you're in Walmart or somewhere like that. Is that right? So the Apostle Paul He had those marks in his body, but he also had this mark of a disciple, of a missionary, that he disciplined his body. There's one version says, he said, I buffet my body, or he was hard on his body, or he, I put it this way, he'd take himself. Have you ever had to take yourself almost by the ear and, you know, you want to talk bad about somebody, but you got to take yourself by the ear and not do it? Or you want to listen to gossip. You're not going to do it yourself, but you want to listen to it. You've got to take yourself by the ear and pull yourself aside. and Don't listen to the, anybody beside me. Or you don't want to forgive somebody and you got to take yourself. Huh? See, so the Apostle Paul had those marks in his physical body, but he also lived a disciplined life. He kept his body under control. Number three. Do you have this mark? Let's see. John 13:35. John 13:35. Let's see if you have this one. Jesus said, "By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have what? love for one another." And that love there is the agape in the Greek. It's a word agape. It means unconditional. That you're going to love people no matter how ugly they treat you. No matter how nasty they are to you, you're still going to love them. You're still going to walk in love. Do you have that mark about you? That See, this is the mark of a disciple. Somebody might say, well, did the Apostle Paul have this one? Well, all I can tell you is God used him to write 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, which is the great chapter on, on love. So again Paul not only had physical marks but he had he had this one too he walked in love he paid no attention to a suffered wrong you know that's hard to do isn't it he always believed the best of everybody you know that's hard to do so do you have this mark about you Let's see, we've had three of them so far. Continue in the word of God. Are you a student of the word of God? Do you live a disciplined life? Do you walk in love? Here's another one. The fourth one, we've got five of these. The fourth one is bear much fruit. Well, what do you mean? Well, look at John, let's read this first. John 15 verse eight, read this in the NIV. This is to my Father's glory, Jesus is speaking here, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now you say, what do you mean bear fruit? What in the world is he talking about? Well, there's two things here. One would be the fruit of the Spirit. Which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. That's known as the fruit of the Spirit. I think that's listed in Galatians five. Do you have these attributes about you? Do you walk in love? We we talked about that just a moment ago. Do you have the joy of the Lord about you? Do you have peace about you? Do you have patience about you? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Faithfulness, I like that one. Did you know what faithfulness is? It's always doing what you're supposed to be doing, when you're supposed to be doing it, with a good and a right attitude. See, uh, 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 I've met a lot of believers, lots of them, over the years that are not faithful. But a disciple will be faithful. A disciple will stand their post, the post that the Lord assigned to them and they'll always be doing what they're supposed to be doing when they're supposed to be doing it with a good and a right attitude. So bear much fruit. Do you have are you faithful? Are you a faithful person? One of the greatest compliments I ever got in my life was when I got a call from Joyce Myers, number one assistant, and said that She had a word she wanted to share with me. And he brought the word over. Stood right out there in that vestibule out there. And she said that the Lord wanted us to know that he was pleased with us, with me and my wife, because we were faithful in standing our post. Isn't that good? Now, I don't say that to boast me. I seldom talk about myself like that. But I took that and they had a, it. gave the church a nice, wonderful offering. Isn't that wonderful? But this is the post the Lord gave me. You know, I think all of us, no matter what God assigns us to, it's real easy to get grumbly in the midst of standing your post. Have you ever got grumbly in the midst of standing your post? Has anybody ever wanted a different post? And then you get that different... Isn't the grass always greener on the other side of the fence? Till you get over there and what? You got to cut that grass too. Is that right? Let me tell you something about the devil. He's slimy and he can paint you a picture and he can make the neighbor's backyard look so much better than yours. But when you get over into that neighbor's yard, guess what? You find out they got more problems than you got. Huh? Oh, if I just had that person for my wife. Oh, if I just had that person for my husband. But guess what? You find out about that other person, That other guess what? They got more problems than the, than the one you're married to. Come on now. I don't know why I'm off on this, but somebody might need to hear it either in this room or on the internet. You know, this, this internet goes all over the place and people listen all over the place on this, right on this little microphone here. Interesting. So what is faithfulness always doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it with a good or right attitude. And you know, I, I I'd almost add something to it uh over a over a space of time. Because I don't think God ever puts anybody somewhere for just a, just just a week or two or a month or two. I mean he might, but very rarely. You'd be surprised how many people I've had come through here over the last 20-some-odd years and they'll come in and say, this is where God told me to be. I'm supposed to be here. God told me to come here. One guy said, God told me to come to this church and never leave. Is there a difference between being a believer and a disciple? Anybody can be faithful for a couple of months or even a couple of years. I'll just I'm on her. I seldom use names, but I was playing golf yesterday. Is it okay if I play golf once in a while sorry Got to play eighteen holes with Dave Meyer, just me and him is that that talk Joyce is is that wonderful? I seldom name drop, but I think I'll name drop a little bit. It's an honor to get to play with that man. Well, I can answer. We did keep score. No, I didn't. Believe me, I didn't. Let's just put it this way. I hit one shot yesterday that that I hit the ball and and Dave went, ooh, I think it hurt him to watch me hit it because I hit it so bad. It just was ugly, one of the... Now, he hit a lot of good shots, but I hit, some, I hit some bad ones. But he told me this. He said that Joyce has been doing the, uh, those uh, conferences for all these years now. And in all that time, she's only missed one session. Now, you think about that. You talk about faithfulness. You talk about standing the post. And somebody would say, yeah, well, look at Joyce Meyer. She's got all all these worldwide ministry. You got to remember, there was a time they didn't have enough money to rent a hotel room. They had to sleep in the car at night. You remember that? It wasn't always easy. You look at people like that now and you think, but it wasn't always that easy. It's probably a whole lot easier for them to be faithful now than it was back there then. But they were faithful back there then. And if you're not faithful back there then, God can't advance you. Or he won't advance you. You understand? You've got to be faithful. What did Jesus say? Be faithful in that which is little and then he'll make you ruler over much. It also shows God's keeping power to somebody that's going to be faithful. Yes or no? And God's kept her and him. Do you understand? I was talking to my wife yesterday. We want to talk about attendance. I've been doing this 23 years and I've never missed one assignment in this pulpit ever. We've gone on vacation. And, you know, I ought to get off those, those times, but we don't hardly ever take any vacations. And my wife said, you're supposed, you're supposed to say amen. You said boo. That was that was that was I'm in trouble, guys. If you'll have an extra room at your house, I but I have perfect attendance. I don't know that I'm gonna get any that's how many of you know that's not gonna get me into heaven? No, the blood of Jesus gets us into heaven. But there might be some reward at the judgment seat of Christ. I remember in vacation bible school I had perfect attendance and I got a gold star. But that's not the point. The point is faithfulness. Always doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it with a good or right attitude, and let's add one to it over the long haul. Is that good? What are we talking about? The marks of a missionary, the marks of a disciple. They'll have love about them. They'll have the joy of the Lord. They'll have peace about them. They'll have patience. They'll be able to put up with people. Kindness. They'll be kind. They'll be good. There'll be goodness about them. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. That's keeping your body under. Here's something else that the fruit... We're we're talking about fruit. See, Jesus said... Let's look at John 15, 8 again. It's still up there. This is to my Father's glory... Ed's doing a great job back there. This is to my Father's glory that you bear what? Much fruit, showing yourselves to meet my disciples. So there's the fruit of the Spirit. We just talked about that. But then there's something else that God looks at as fruit and it's souls, souls. He talks about the, the fruit of the earth, talking about souls. And so a disciple of Jesus what do we say? Show me a disciple and I'll show you a missionary. And so if you have the mark of a, 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 of a missionary about you, you will be a soul winner. Let me read from my notes. Souls are seen by God as fruit. Paul had more physical marks. We talked about that than we could imagine. But he got people saved everywhere he went, didn't he? Even in prison. Some places, a lot of people got saved. Other places, only a few believed, but few nonetheless. It didn't matter if a lot of people got saved or a few people. I mean, he wanted everybody to get saved. The point is, everywhere this man went, Paul, everywhere he went, he was telling people about Jesus. He was trying to figure out some way, seeking the Lord some way, how can we get the gospel over to this person? Fruit, soul winner. So do we have these marks about us? Do we have the fruit of the Spirit about us? Are we do we have souls on our heart? Are we soul winners? See, these are not physical marks that Paul like Paul had, but and of course he was a soul winner. You know, how many of marks how many of these marks do you have? Do I have? And then finally, Luke fourteen, verse twenty six. We're talking about marks of a a missionary here. Marks of a disciple. Jesus said, Luke 14, 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate. Now, if you read that just the way it is there, you think, oh, my gosh. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my what? My Disciple. Now let's leave that up there because if you just read it right there, you'll think, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to hate my father and my mother and my wife. And See, that's not a scripture there for you to hate your wife. Say amen. But if you read that at face value, you think, and my children, I'm supposed to hate my children and my brothers and sisters in my own life. If you read that like that, that that's really... you got to go into the Greek language to understand what that's saying. Let me read it the way it reads in the Greek. And this makes all the difference. Here's how it reads in the Greek. If anyone comes to me and does not, by comparison... Say, by comparison. If anyone comes to me and does not, by comparison, hate his father and mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, in his own life cannot be my disciple. If you leave that up there, here's what this is saying. This is saying you should love your father, you should love your mother, you should love your wife, you should love your children, you should love your brothers, your sisters, and you should only you should also, you know, enjoy your life and love your life. But but real I'd say by comparison See, by comparison, if you compare the love that you have for... Now, watch up here. Everybody look up here. If you compare the love that you have for your wife right here, should you love your wife? Yes. But if you compare that with the way you love Jesus... Huh? You should love Jesus. Should you love your wife? Yes. Should you love your children? Yes. Should you love your brothers and sisters and parents and all yes. But by comparison, if you if you compare the love you have for, for the Lord versus the love you have for these others, by comparison it should almost look like you hate these others, even though you don't, but it would almost look like you hate these others because you love the Lord so much more. Did you get that? How many got that? So are you supposed to love your wife and your children and your... All, are you supposed to love all these other things, yes or no? Yes, absolutely. The Bible commands us to love. We just read about it. But by comparison, if you look at the love you have for the Lord and the love you have for these others, the love you have for the Lord should... should by comparison, it almost looks like you hate these others. Did you, did you get that? And, I've, and listen to me, I've run into so many... Just multitudes, multitudes of people. That <laughs> I'm talking believers now. Now watch this: believers, people that are born again. Their love for the Lord is here. Their love for the St. Louis Cardinals is there. Yes. Come on now. Yes. Is there something wrong there? Yes. You, is something wrong. You got a believer, all right, but but are they a disciple? Absolutely not, and you know what? They're not going to be. are <laughs> not a missionary either. I've watched this over the years. The, the people—they love the Lord, all right, but their love for the Rams and the fantasy football is up here, and their love for Jesus is down here. Is there something wrong with that? Hmm. And fantasy football—that's fine, wonderful, but the problem I've had with it is fantasy football needs to be here and the Rams need to be here and Jesus needs to be yes or no because we've learned the Rams will leave you and forsake you but Jesus never will is that right and I'll say this again. I had people wanting to. I almost thought I was going to get some stripes like Mark or marks and stripes like Paul. That many years ago, standing right there, I said by the Holy Ghost, when the Rams were on their way to the Super Bowl, and the Spirit of God said, "Tell the people," and I told said said tell them that a lamb died on Calvary, not a ram. And you, I thought I was going to need bodyguards to get me out of here that day. But all the time has come and gone now, and where are the Rams? They've left. Jesus still here, isn't he? So so nothing wrong with, nothing wrong. Diane and I, we had the opportunity, we seldom ever go, but we have clergy passes, free passes to go to the ball game. We finally got to go to one the other day. And, and, and it's fine, wonderful. But, but, okay, the Cardinals, I've always been a Cardinal fan, but my love for Jesus, I mean, compared to the way I love Jesus, it looks like I hate the Cardinals. Did you get what I just said? I love my wife, but I should love Jesus so much more that it looks like I hate my wife. If anyone comes, do you understand that scripture better now? And he says, if you don't do that, he says, look at those last words. You, If you don't do that, you cannot be what? My disciple. That seems pretty, pretty rough, but that's what he said. That's not my opinion. That's what the Lord said. And then look at verse 33. We'll just ramp this up a little more here. Don't write me the letters. This is what the Lord said. Check it out in your Bible. So likewise, whoever of you does not, what? Forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. That leaves a whole lot of people out, doesn't it? Because there's not a lot of people going to do that. Now, do you have to do that to be a believer and go to heaven? No. But to be a disciple, you got to do that. I know just in my life, I had studied. I got my degree in math. I got a good job. I was teaching and the Lord directed me to leave it all and go to Bible school. And Diane was a nurse. She was doing well and directed us to get married, leave all that, and go to Bible school. You know, that's not easy to do. Forsake all that he has. He cannot be my disciple. And Paul did that too. He walked. Did you know Paul had it real good in the Jewish religion? He was right up at the top. But you know what? He left all of that and became a believer and a disciple and a missionary. And he got went from being right at the top of the Jewish religion to get beat up all the time or quite a bit so what were the five things now they were continue in the word of God live a disciplined life walk in love bear much fruit put Jesus first above all else now you really can't get mad at me on this one here can you did the Lord say that Forsake all? He said some stuff. I mean, that one day he said, except you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood. You have, you, remember How many remembers that? Everybody started walking away. Is that right? And they didn't understand what he was saying. They were listening to spiritual truth with natural ears. And But I won't get into all that. But he said some tough stuff, didn't he? So the, 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 a lot of folk not going to do that. And I can't stand up here and say I've been perfect in all these things, not not by any stretch. Not by any stretch. But I do have some of these marks. You want to follow somebody as a pastor that has some of these marks as they follow Christ. Just follow me as I follow Christ, but keep Christ first. Something, isn't it? And then we'll, last scripture, Mark 10. Look at the rewards of being a disciple or a missionary. Look at this. We'll we'll close right here. Sobering message, just something to think about. How many of these marks do you have on your life? Mark 10, verse 28. And if you don't have any, well, you could start getting some. You can make a change that quick and become a disciple, become a missionary. Just just put out a track somewhere. Just start somewhere, right? Mark 10, 28. Then Peter began to say to Jesus, said to him, See, we have left all and followed you. And how many of you know Peter and James and John? And these got Peter's brother and Philip and what? they, 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 They left, didn't Andrew? I mean, they left, did they not? They left their boats. They left their nets. They left. Matthew came away from the tax table. He was a tax collector I mean they left all and followed him and Peter says to Jesus one day he said we've left all and followed you Jesus answered and said assuredly I say to you there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake in the gospels just when you think Jesus is being a little rough now let's read this he said There's no one that's left all these things for my sake in the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold and that hundredfold will throw you a little bit. It was a figure of speech, meaning many times more. And while I'm on it, have you ever heard a preacher preach about the hundredfold return? Well, the hundredfold return doesn't even apply to believers. It applies to disciples. So be careful next time they tell you if you send in so much money, you're going to get a hundred times back. That's not even scriptural. He's not talking to just believers here. Who's he talking to? He's talking to people who have left all. And by the way, did you ever do the math on the hundredfold return? Let's do that again real quick. If I gave a dollar and I got a hundredfold return, how much money do I get back? Hundred. Now, if I give the hundred and get a hundredfold return, how much do I get back? How much? Do you know? All right, let's say it's 10,000. Now I give the 10,000 and I get a hundredfold. Now how much? All right, let's say it's a million. I give a million and I get a hundredfold return. How much am I going to get back? hundred million? Now I give a hundred million and I get the 100 hundredfold return. How much am I going to get back? All right, let's say it's a billion. Now I give a billion and I get the hundredfold return. How much am I going to get back? $100 billion. Now, I, now, Do you see what's happening? If one person does it, you're going to eventually exhaust all the money there is. Is that right? And so let's say you get 10 people doing the 100 full return. I mean, you're gonna, there's not going to be, you know, am I right or not? Yet yet I believe that if we give, God will give back unto us, good measure, press down, shake it together, running over. Sometimes you might get back more than 100 times. Sometimes you might get back 10 times. But nonetheless, say many times more. It means mean many times more. This is a good deal. He shall, shall he not receive, he'll receive a hundred, many times more when, when, when? Now, in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, you say, how, how do I get more brothers? How do I get more brothers? I, is my mom and dad going to have more children? No, he's talking about, how many of you, your spiritual family at church you might even be closer to them than you are your natural family yes or no you get many times more now in this time houses brothers sister brother children with what with don't forget that with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life the believers get the eternal life also but look at the extra blessings that you get for being a disciple did you get anything out of this today Stand with me, if you would, and bow your heads. Just think about this for a little bit, just for a minute or two. How many of these do you have in your life? How many of these marks do you have? One more time. Do you continue in the Word of God? Do you study it some throughout the week? Do you listen to CDs or teachings online or, or, you know, do you... Do you get in and read and study some during a week? Just just to some degree. Do you continue in the word of God? Do you live a disciplined life? Do you keep your body